So now I'll be, I'll be reading verses 29 through 37. It says, Aaron's sacred garments will belong to his descendants so that they can be anointed and ordained in them. The son who succeeds him as priest and comes to the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place and swear them seven days. Take the ram for the ordinance and cook the meat in a sacred place. At the entrance to the tent of meeting, Aaron and his sons are to eat the meat of the ram and the bread that is in the basket. They are to eat these offerings by which atonement was made for their ordination and consecration, but no one else may eat them because they are sacred. And if any of the meat of the ordination ram or any bread is left over till morning, burn it up. It must not be eaten because it is sacred. Do for Aaron and his sons everything I have commanded you, taking seven days to ordain them. Sacrifice a bull each day as a sin offering to make atonement. Purify the altar by making atonement for it, and anoint it to consecrate it. For seven days, make atonement for the altar and consecrate it. Then the altar will be most holy, and whatever touches it will be holy. So for Aaron and his descendants, the consecration process took seven days. The ceremony wasn't a quick and easy thing. It took time, reflection, and a constant awareness of the sacrifice and atonement that was made for them. Our consecration process will not be quick and easy. We need to take the time to reflect and be constantly aware of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Our consecration process all of us. Our consecration process may take a lot more time because the sacrifice that Jesus made for us was by far greater than any of the sacrifices that were made in the Old Testament. Our our consecration process is by far greater because during this process we're reflecting on the most powerful sacrifice that was ever made and that was the sacrifice of Jesus. Okay, so there's like the Holy Spirit is telling me to mention something all kind of I think two things um oh yeah two things alright so I had to figure what they were so like one thing was is I know as I was like reading I was really like realizing like how like descriptive the bible was like um describing the sacrifice and how it was done to some people, like to some people that don't really understand the Bible, they might look at it as like just something disgusting and like something that's just just nasty. But the Holy Spirit kind of gave me a revelation. It's kind of a weird one, but a good one. If we were there to see Jesus sacrifice, we would most likely have thought the same thing. We most likely would have had of how nasty it was, how brutal it was, how disgusting it was. I like it was like Jesus sacrifice was just like if we saw it well look at it in the gospels. Just think of how brutal and nasty that was. A brutal and nasty sacrifice was made for the um 
priesthood back in the um, Old Testament times. But for priesthoods today, the sacrifice that was made for us was the most brutal thing that could have ever happened to a human being. And think about it this way. That that ram that was sacrificed for the um, priests in the Old Testament did not choose to sacrifice themselves for them. They were kind of like forced. They were like put on the altar. The ram did not choose to be there. The people, whoever did done it, they just put the ram on the altar and they sacrificed it. But Jesus, and the thing about that ram, it went through that brutal thing and it did not choose to do it. But Jesus, our sacrifice that was made for us, it was brutal. It was disgusting. It was probably the most nastiest thing that ever happened to a human being. But let me tell you something. Jesus made that sacrifice for us. He chose to do it for us. He didn't... He wasn't forced to do that. He was... He did it because he loved us. He chose to um, sacrifice himself because he loved us. And that's why the sacrifice of Jesus is more powerful than any sacrifice that could ever that was ever made in the New Testament. I mean the Old Testament. That's why Jesus' sacrifice is so powerful. Another thing I want to touch is um basically um talk about how the priests got to, like they were eating like um what God told them to eat. Realize this only the priests were to eat that. Anybody else would probably would have been in huge trouble with God if they ate the priest. Um, we're gonna say um the meat because as I read before, um uh, they had meat that the um priests were able to eat, and that was only for the priests. And um, it's like later on in the Old Testament, there's an ark, and basically, the ark is like. It's, it was only to be carried um, by priests. No um, man, no other, no one could like, I think, touch it or carry it. I think it was carried. No other, um, nobody else could touch it but like the priests. They, they were the only ones that God told to carry it. God would give us a job, let's say a job, God will give us a job that's only for us. During this consecration season, he's given a purpose only for us. And if someone tries to take away that purpose from us, or someone tries to touch that purpose, they will be held accountable for that. And yeah, they will be held accountable for that. God gave those ancient priests a purpose and no one was allowed to touch that purpose no one was allowed to touch the food that only they were supposed to eat no one was allowed to um hold up the ark uh, like they were allowed to and that was God's purpose that he has placed on their life and no one was allowed to touch it not even Moses because Moses wasn't a priest his brother and his descendants were a priest, but Moses himself was not a priest. 
And he even he could not touch that. And he was a huge leader. He could not touch that because that wasn't um God's purpose for him. God uh and now like the priesthood it has expanded. Now anyone can join God's priesthood. That's why God gives a sacrifice. It's more powerful. But now anyone can join the priesthood. And each priest that God has today, God has given all of us a purpose. And no one's allowed to touch it. No one's allowed to try to take it away from us. Because it's the purpose that God has given that that he has given to us. And no one's allowed to take it away. Because they will be in huge tr- trouble if they try to take it away from us. That's just something the Holy Spirit gave me. Like, it's not even something written down. It's just something he gave to me. Alright. So, few among us today are of the lineage of Aaron. Few among, but few among us are descendants of Aaron. But we have the right to receive and enjoy this priestly consecration and relationship based not only on the clear declaration of the New Testament, which is in First Peter chapter 2 and 5 and... Uh, verses 2 through 9. Um, oh, chapter 2 and 9. We read it. That's the verse we read at the beginning. But. But there's also a clear declaration of this. In, um, from the principles of the old covenant. So I'm about to read it. I'm about to turn to it real quick. So bear with me. It's Leviticus chapter 22 verses 11. Let me turn it. I can take more. It says right here. Um, but if a priest buys a slave with money, or if slaves are born in his household, they may eat his food. Okay. So that's talking about a priest there. The priesthood back in the um old testament days. So as believers today as God's royal priesthood, we have a priest, a high priest, the most highest priest, and his name is Jesus. So since Jesus, our highest, our high priest, has purchased us with his own life, we may eat of the priestly portion. See, when Jesus died for us, that was him purchasing us with his own life. When Jesus died us we became his because of the love that he had for us we became his um children his royal priesthood and since we are children of god we can eat of this priestly portion the same uh anointing anointing and uh holiness and old testament we have that but better just saying, because Jesus is our high priest. So that holiness, that anointing, that sanctification, we have that, but better, because Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And we have, we have that priesthood portion. We have that priesthood portion that the Old Testament um, priest did, but ours is way better, because the better sacrifice was made for us. And since we are born again as children of God, born in his house, the family of our high priest, 
we also may eat his food and enjoy the free privilege of our high priest. There is a verse, um, as like hires of Christ, we, um, we can, we are able to enjoy the same blessings that Jesus would because he's also a child of God and we are a child of God. So, so Jesus, the man that sacrificed his life for us and endured something that was truly brutal, the most brutal and disgusting thing, he is our high priest and he died for us so that we can also be able to eat his food and enjoy the priestly priestly privileges of our high priest. And think about it. These priestly privileges, what I was talking about before this, we have that. We have all of that. But we have it better because I keep saying it over and over again, but a better sacrifice was made for us. Our consecration season is way better because there was a better sacrifice made for us. The Old Testament folks they had a temporary sacrifice made for them. They had to continue to make that sacrifice over and over and over again. But Christians, us today, the royal priesthood today, the sacrifice was made for us one time. And it was powerful enough to last for that one time. And so basically, the priesthood privileges, we have that, but it's way better. Our consecration season, we go through the same process as the Old Testament um, priesthood but ours is way better because of the sacrifice that was made for us alright All right, so now I'm going to go in and read verses 38 through 43 it says this is what you are to offer on the altar regularly each day two lambs a year old offer one in the morning and the other at twilight but the first lamb of the first lamb Offer a tenth of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with a quarter of a hen of oil from pest olives and a quarter of hen of wine as a drink offering. Sacrifice the other lamb at twilight with the same ring offering and its drink offering as in the morning. Please the aroma of food offering presented to the Lord. For the generations to come, this burnt offering is to be made regularly at the entrance to the tent of meeting for the Lord. Then I will meet you and speak to you. There also I will meet with the Israelites, sorry, and the place will be consecrated by my glory. Okay. So a drink offering was one given to God as a sacrifice. It was poured out before him as a demonstration of completely emptying oneself of God to God. Those offerings Offerings completely consumed by fire were pleasing to God, and it smelled it smelled good to Him. So God is honored and glorified by a complete surrender to Him. This goes back to what I was saying earlier, when God is pleased by giving, um, by us giving our all to God, by us giving our all to God. That's a sacrifice. That's considered a sacrifice for the royal priests, the royal priests of today. That's a sacrifice for us. Because we could be giving our all to something else, but we choose to give our all to God because we love Him. And that's a sacrifice that we choose to make because we love Him. And so that's why God is just honored and glorified by our complete surrender to Him. So God wanted consecrated priests and a worshiping nation, and not because He simply wanted a well trained workforce. 
God wanted to wanted okay, sorry. God wanted consecrated priests so he could meet with them and so he could speak to them. Not only to the priests but to his people. So this is why we consecrate ourselves to God daily. This is why we should do it daily. It isn't primarily so we can do be better workers for God or so we can brag. This is so that we can enjoy deeper and meaningful relationship with God. It's the whole point. It's not for people, it's for our relationship with God. And if if like this is no if this like if this doesn't interest you, then you will never be properly properly motivated motivated to be to have a true consecration. And as God is for our priesthood as his believers, it's very important that we have a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God. It's just very important. You can't like say you're a Christian and not actively seek him and actively try to get get deeper and have a more a meaningful relationship with him. Okay. So moving on. It was the presence of God that truly sanctified and consecrated the tabernacle and the priest. It wasn't primarily because of what the priest did. By all that sacrificing and stuff that they did, all that um all those actions that they did, um, the consecration didn't take place because of that. What the priest did in the consecration was they removed the barriers to the radiant glory of God. Those barriers for their sin. Their sin was separating them from God. But by doing taking the action, taking the time out to sacrifice themselves to God, they removed those barriers and they were able to see the radiant glory of God. So the presence of God being in our lives is the only reason that we are truly sanctified and consecrated. It's not because of what we do. It's not because of what we say. What we do in consecration removes a bit is remove the barriers that we have placed so God's glory can show up on our lives. Like I said, our barrier is our sin. Now God already sent his son Jesus to pay the price so we don't have to have um sin guardians. Like sin not really guardians, sin like being a barrier separating us from Jesus. From him. God Jesus already died for us so we so sin doesn't have to separate from God. The only only sin can like separate us from God is if we let if we if we allow it to. Back then it was like they didn't really have a choice. But as Christians today we have the choice to not let sin entangle us because Jesus died so sin won't entangle us. Jesus died so Jesus died so we could be free from our sin. And like Jesus died so sin wouldn't have to be a barrier in our lives anymore. Once we remove that barrier, we'll be able to see God's glory. Jesus died so we will have the opportunity to see God see God's glory. A lot of people don't really see God's glory show up in their lives because they have their barriers set up. They have their pride set up set up as barriers. They have the sin set up as barriers. They have their weight set set up as barriers. And those barriers that they have set up is blocking them from seeing the glory of God in your life in their lives.
priesthood, the Christian priesthood today, we can't allow our barriers to block us from um seeing the glory of God show up, up in our lives. We can't do that anymore. During this consecration season, I challenge you to remove the barriers that you have placed, whether it's sin, uh, there's any weight that was on you, there's anything. Anything that you feel like is pulling you back from God, anything that's like kind of barricading you from receiving the glory of God, just remove it. In this consecration season, just remove it. Get that out of the way so you can see God's glory show up in your life. Alright, now I'm going to be moving on to the last few um, verses of this chapter. It says, So I will consecrate the tent of meaning and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. So God made it clear who performs the work of consecration. Let's read what I just said again. Not the whole thing, but the the first four words. It says, so I will consecrate. This is Jesus. This is God talking right now. This is God talking. He's saying, so I will consecrate. That means God is letting them know who's doing the consecration. He's letting them know that it's not them that's doing the consecration. He's letting them know that it's, that it's God. That it's him who's doing the consecration. So, Christians today, the royal priesthood today. Some of us are tempted to think that um, we sanctify ourselves. Because we are so like involved in this sanctifying process. And because it draws so much out of us. We think all of the work is done by ourselves. We end up taking all the credit. Yet God is the one that's doing the work. God is the one that's doing the heavy lifting. That's why we serve. That's why we do life at Him. Because He's someone that does the heavy lifting. All we have to do is remove the barriers that we have placed in our life. Remove the sin that we have placed in our life. We have to remove it so we can see the glory of God. And the next thing we have to do is we have to spend time with the focus on Him. That's the whole point of consecration. First thing is we have to remove the barriers that we have placed in our lives. The second thing is we have to spend time with the focus on him. That's what these priests are doing. And if they can do it with that temporary sacrifice that was made for them, the royal priesthood of today, we can do it because our um, sacrifice that was made for us was permanent. The sacrifice that Jesus made was permanent. So if they can do it, we can do it. And we probably can do a whole bunch more of like Jesus being the one sacrificing himself for us. So the number one thing in a consecration season, we have to remove barriers that were placed in our life. And we have to spend time with the focus on him, on the Lord. Okay, the next thing is, Aaron and his sons had a ministry to the people of Israel. But their first ministry, their main priority was to God. They might be successful in ministry to the people, but if they fail in their ministry to the Lord, their ministry failed. Their ministry, their people failed if they didn't truly serve God. So our ministry to God is more important to our ministry with people. Our relationship with God is way by far the most important relationship that we could ever have. 
is way important than any relationship with people. So we need to put God first. Because if we don't, our ministry with people will fail. If we don't put our relationship with God first, our our relationship with people will fail. Sometimes people wonder why their relationships fail. Whether it's like friendships, family, relationships. Like there may be other cases, but I know one. And that is because our relationship with God is like not where it's like supposed to be because like sometimes relationship in our lives felt because it's something that we do it's some of the times sometimes god is calling us to move away from certain people because of their hearts and stuff and then in one particular case sometimes our relationships fail because we're not prioritizing a relationship with god see in the bible it teaches us that we are um it teaches us how to treat people. It really does. You go throughout. It not only tells you how to treat God, but it tells you how to treat people. If you read through the commandments, treat treating people the way God has treated you, that's the second commandment. The first one is, you know, putting God first, trusting in Him. I think that's the first one. The second one is um, treating people the way God has um, basically treating people the way God had, God wants us to. So basically, if like, God basically teaches us how to treat people. And if we're treating people, if we, we if we are like so-called Christians, and we're like treat, treating people the way God has not called us to, it's like, Right then and there, we're failing at our ministry with God. We're failing with our relationship with God because we are disrespecting His His creation. And then once we like just disrespect the relationship we have with God, like if we dis disrespect the um, relationship we have with God, we disres um no. If we disrespect the relationship we have with people, we're disrespecting the relationship we have with God because we're dis disrespecting. The creation that God loves. And if you're doing that, you're also hurting Him. And so that's why, if we like, and so that's why if our ministry with people fail, then our ministry with God will fail. And basically vice versa. So if we don't put God first, then our relationship with people fail, will fail because God. God is teaching us how to treat people. And if we don't, like, ever not listening to him on how to treat people, then it's like we're not going to be treating people the way that God has called us to. So it goes both ways. So you can't have one without the other, basically. This is something I'm just learning, but you can't have one without the other. You can't, like, you can have a relationship with God but you can't have a relationship with God and also have a bad relationship with his people. Because God said, I don't know this at first because I'm not really good at memorizing Bible verse. But I do know what it says. So we can't have a relationship with God and not have a good relationship with his people. Because God says if you harm his people, you are harming him. And that you're not supposed to really harm people in a good, healthy relationship. So if you're harming his people, 
then you are harming him. So you can't have a bad relationship with people if you don't have a, um, you basically can't treat people bad if you so-called have a relationship with God. You can't have a good relationship with people if you don't have a good relationship with God. Because it's like that's basically putting people over God. When we are called to put him first. So basically you just you just can't have one and not the other. In this case. You just can't have one without the other. Yeah. Alright, so God promised to show his glory through consecrated priests. There's a price to pay for being fully surrendered to God. The ceremony of consecration was long, it was bloody, and it took resistance to complete. Yet the reward was the far greater than the cost. The glory of the Lord was revealed not only to the consecrated priests, but to the people in general. Priests today, there is a price to pay for being fully surrendered to God. Our consecration may be hard, maybe even harder than I sometimes. What the Old Testament people faced, it it was very hard. It's like some of us couldn't face it today. But our consecration process may be just as hard or even harder because of the sacrifice that was made for us. And it may take a lot of more persistence to complete. Just know that the reward is far greater. Our consecration process is far greater. I'm going to keep saying that because during our consecration season, we're basically reflecting on the sacrifice of Jesus. And that sacrifice is way better than any sacrifice in the Old Testament. That's why I'm, I keep saying over and over again that our consecration season is better than the consecration season in the Old Testament. I'm going to go on to my point. So our consecration process may be hard. It may take persistence to complete. Just know that the reward is far greater. The glory of God not only will be that it will not only be revealed only to you, but to others as well. To others that are connected to you. So when times are tough, don't give up. Because the process that God has gone through that God has got you going through, that's your consecration process. It's not gonna be easy. But God has got you through that process. God is going to get you through that process. God has you in that process because he's trying to reveal his glory to you. And he's not only trying to reveal his glory to you, but he's also trying to reveal his glory to others through you. He's trying to use what you have gone through for his glory. And he's trying to, um, he's basically trying to show others through you what how the glory of God can come in their lives and affect their lives in a mighty way. How that makes sense. Basically if we just stay persistent through this consecration season, you will see the glory of God and it will show through our lives. And by showing it through our lives and if we if we spread if we tell others about it then they will see how the glory of God comes into our lives and 
you will see how the glory of God can come into theirs as well. So it's very important that we stay persistent during this consecration season. And the last thing, um, God was basically letting the um, priests know that they that He was going to dwell among them. That He was letting them know that I am their God. That's what He was saying. So God again shows the idea of relationship in the process of consecration. This worship-filled relationship with God is both the instrument and the fruit of consecration. So, the relationship with God, like, um, we're going to go to the Old Testament of consecration. The, the worship-filled relationship with God was the instrument of this consecration. It was the start of this consecration. It was the whole point of this consecration. And it was also a fruit of the consecration. And the fruit is like something that's produced from something. So, a worship-filled relationship with God is produced from the consecration. And it's like, this relationship is probably even stronger than what it was before. So now I'm bringing it over to New Testament, us, our um, priesthood. So, the the worship-filled relationship with God that we have now is the instrument for the, of, the, of the consecration. Our relationship with God is the reason why we go through a consecration. It's like that moment where we want to get to know Him more, where we want to dive deeper. That's that worship-filled relationship with God. That's the instrument. That's the whole start of it. But then there's the fruit of the consecration. That's the product of the consecration. That's the results of the of the consecration. That's the good results that come out. And the good results that come out is a stronger worshipful relationship with God. So basically, um, some of us, we may like start out with a relationship with God and then we'll go through this consecration season and we'll just learn more. Die deeper. We may even face harder things, but it won't be even worthwhile. The blessing is far greater. We will, um, the glory of God will show in our lives and others. But it's not only that. We will also have a deeper worship-filled relationship with God. So, yeah. Okay. So, hope you enjoyed this. This is probably one of my favorite words that I've heard from God because I read this I'm going to say Saturday this probably broke like Monday or Tuesday depending on if I divide it into parts because this is like an hour long episode but I read this on Saturday and I'm going to tell you when I was reading this I felt the Holy Spirit in my room because it would, the word, like, what I, I wasn't expecting to learn as much as I did. Like, I always come into a Bible study expecting something. But it's like what God did. He kind of showed up far greater than what I was expecting him to. Which I should have expected him to show up far greater than what I was thinking. But, yeah, he was just showing up. And I was just trying to, like, write it down, write it down. It was a lot, like, if, looking at my notes, it's 
kind of like four pages. A little, it's a little more than four pages. That just shows how much I learned through this message. Like, I feel like this message is just really powerful. And it really is affecting my life. And I, and I hope and pray that it can affect your lives too. And this is really good. If you have more questions, because this is like a very deeper topic than what I'm used to talking about. Um, I will leave my Instagram and um, just feel free to talk to me about your questions or anything you want me to dive deeper on. But like, please, I just hope you got something out of this. I pray that it blesses you and I pray that you just store it in your heart and let it guard your heart. And yeah, just pray that it blesses you. So any questions, feel free to contact me on Instagram. I will be leaving it, but, um, um, this word is just, if you're not already in the royal priesthood of God, I'm just, I'm just praying that you will one day get there, because it's not the easiest thing, but it's, it's worthwhile, it's worthwhile, it's worth the struggle, because the blessing is far greater than the struggle, and, yeah so yeah okay so um if you're going through a consecration season right now or you're planning on it just take what i said in a heart and just remember just continue to read exodus 29 so it can remind you of the consecration season and yeah just ask Christians today, it's very important that we continue to read the Old Testament because what stuff in the New Testament is kind of based off of what's in the Old Testament. This priesthood thing is like us reading uh, us reading that is like letting us know um, kind of like what we have as like being in a royal priesthood with Jesus. We have that but more abundantly because I, I mean it's just Jesus he does stuff he gives us stuff but he gives it gives it to us more abundantly so yeah I just pray it blesses you and I pray that you just keep this for through your day and that you just feel inspired by this and any questions feel free to contact me and I just if you stay this whole time I'm just glad that you stayed the whole time and were able, and you actually enjoy hearing me, well, hearing the Holy Spirit speak through me, and um, yeah, just hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you learned something out of it, and I hope this just changed your life because it really did change your lives. And yes, yeah, so I guess I'm done. Kind of rambling now, but guess I'm done. And just thank you for staying here and for hearing the word of God and I just pray that you carry it through your day. Have a blessed day.